Welcome to the Everyday Advocate Podcast, where we sit down and talk about empowered leadership and healthy relationships as we work in the field of human trafficking and how you can grow as a mentor and leader wherever you are today. This episode talks about human trafficking and shares details that are for mature audiences. Please be advised. Hey, Audrey. Hey, Jessica. We've had our podcast equipment set up for quite a while, and we've just been chit-chatting and decided, hey, we need to go ahead and hit record and get this conversation (laughs) actually started. So here we are. We are, this is episode 29, which feels a little crazy. It does feel crazy. Next episode is I keep 30. wanting to say 29. <laughs> I, my head. I can't stop with the new girl reference. Well, Sorry. It's a good show. So we are in the middle of a series called How to Be a Friend 101. And today there's no guest. It's just me and you, which is are fun. Are you start singing just the two of us again? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, which is fun because we're friends and we can talk about how to be a good friend. Yeah. And so this, this series, How to Be a Friend 101, really came to be because we work with the developmental relationships framework in our programming here, in our mentorship program. And as we started working through it and implementing it through our mentor training and you know utilizing it for our evaluations and different things, we realized, man, we personally were taking some of these elements and applying them to real life. And so we thought, man, this is something that people beyond mentoring relationships can utilize in really meaningful ways. So that's why we're sharing this series called how to be a friend one-on-one. And so our kind of focus on the everyday advocate podcast, we obviously, we just did a series on human trafficking. That's what we do. And, but we're also super passionate about mentorship and leadership. And so those elements are really at the forefront of most of our episodes and this one being, well, really mentorship, but also leadership. Yeah. I I do feel like this series, as I was even like thinking through kind of what we're going to talk about today, I'm like, there's a lot of, it's mentoring almost to to lead yeah. mentoring to become uh-huh. leaders as a, as a group. So mm-hmm. yeah. And I, as you're leading, you're also mentoring, like they all yeah. kind of overlap. Yeah. It's all very intersected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am excited just to get into this conversation about uh, the developmental relationships framework really being, you know, there's the five elements in practice. They are the things that we can do with one another in order to, you know, to de- develop, I guess that's what it's called, <laughs> developmental relationships, but to develop as, as people, as individuals, to thrive and grow in our resilience. And there's express care and challenge growth, providing support, expanding possibilities. And I'm just pumped. I know we have some other things to, to chat through just uh, to set us up for today, but we get to talk about sharing power today, mm-hmm. which I think can sometimes be one of the most difficult um, mm-hmm. elements uh, in the developmental relationships framework. But It really is just about treating people with respect. And Mm -hmm. so I'm excited to just chat through what that looks like today. Mm -hmm. I know. And we get to do it. Just the two of us, right? (laughs) (laughs) And so since we don't have a guest today, I get to ask you and you get to ask me what's been encouraging us lately. So do you want to go first or do you want me to? Let's let's hear what you got. Oh, me? Okay. I heard you saying uh, before we hit record that you had something. You I do. To I say. have something that's really actually encouraged me yesterday. So it's because I made a mistake and I needed help. So the the bus comes 30 minutes early on Wednesdays. We have early release on oh, Wednesdays okay. for teacher professional development. It's week one of school, right? The first day was on Wednesday. So I was on it. 
Well, yesterday rolled around and I was actually home. And then my youngest, Jacob and I, we, I was like, let's just run to the store. We need a diapers. I was like, we've got time before the bus comes. So we like head over to Kroger. I was like, we were taking our time getting back. And then I got a Facebook message from my neighbor and she was like, I've got Joshua. The neighbor girls walked him home. And I was like, oh no, it's Wednesday, early release day. And I was only, I mean, I was literally pulling into the neighborhood. So I was maybe five minutes that he was, you know, by himself, but not by himself, but I wasn't at the bus stop to get him. And it's day seven of school. Right. So, or not even day seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever. So I, you know, pull up and he was crying, but our two neighbor girls, had walked him home. So one is seventh grade and one is third grade. Okay. I was going to ask, like, yeah. are they older or are they same age? Yeah. That's so sweet. the seventh grader, she has been around obviously his whole life and she babysits now and was very responsible. She was picking up her sister from the yeah. bus and had stayed with him until I got home. And I just was really, it really encouraged me that even though we didn't have a backup plan, which we should have, and now we do. Yeah. And actually our neighbor girl is part of our backup plan now, but we didn't have a plan and our neighbors just stepped in and, they, you know, took care of him and our, my, you know, one neighbor messaged me and I just was really, really encouraged that we do have a really great support system yeah. built in. That's and so then great. at the bus stop this morning, a couple other parents were like, you weren't here. Was everything okay? And I was like, well, I'm not going to make that mistake again. I yeah. put the reminder like, in my phone. Fine. <laughs> He's fine. We recovered. Oh. But that, it re- encouraged me that they were looking out for him. It's encouraging mm-hmm. just to have that community. Yeah. And kind of, yeah. Just as your extra support. I love mm-hmm. that. That's so good. Man, when I think about what's encouraging me, I feel like I've been going through it, being honest. In the last couple of weeks, just my brain is swirling. And yesterday I was listening to a podcast recording from Elizabeth Elliott from a while ago. And she was actually just sharing. I didn't know. I mean, I know her story, but I she was sharing her story in a way where she was talking about these people in a jungle that she was working with. And they were telling her, her a story of the first time they had encountered these white men in their jungle. And as she was telling the story, she was telling it very beautifully and very like, I don't know, just very calmly and come to find out that the story that she was telling was the story of how her husband, these men, this man killed her husband. And she was learning for the first time how it happened and why it happened. And like, but yet she was sitting with this person who I'm sure she felt anger and rage towards maybe I I would assume she didn't say that but I was just listening to it and I just thought the the gentleness the humility the care that she expressed and again like this is years and years removed Mm -hmm. but that she was able to go back and serve the people who had wronged her Mm -hmm. family like you know, and her personally in a way like that, that just really encouraged me. And I, it wasn't the first time I heard the story, but just the fact that like she could step into that hard place and, in love and just serve God, you know, and serve his people. Yeah. And just walk, walk with them mm-hmm. and, and give them grace just was really encouraging to me. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I can't say I would be the same. <laughs> like if someone in just, you know, and I didn't, I didn't know all the details of the story and we don't need to get into it on this podcast, but they, these people just thought that the men in this camp were cannibals. They thought that they were going to eat them. And so they killed them. Mm -hmm. Like that's like logical, you know what I mean? For what they knew. And so I'm sure there was grace extended 
even in the anger and frustration and grief that, you know, like they were just doing what they were instinctively like Mm -hmm. knowing how to do to protect themselves. And so I don't know, but I can't say to be able to like get outside of her situation see it from like God's perspective and to see it from their perspective, have the empathy that she was able to and just the commitment that, that she mm-hmm. showed to like the ministry and yeah. the mission, you know, because she could have like forgiven them and gone on her way and mm-hmm. just like not gone back, but she like went and moved in with them essentially, wow. you know, so just really encouraged me yesterday. Hard shift now. <laughs> <laughs> we both looked yeah. at each other with deer in the headlights. Well, that was a beautiful Same. moment. Now we have yeah. other things we have to talk about. It's Okay. But you know what? I think even in that story, there may be elements of sharing power, Uh you know, because she had to respect these people in a way to sit with them and hear their story and include them in, you know, the narrative. I Mm -hmm. mean, they were part of it and and they actually included her too, by Mm -hmm. like being willing to sit and build this relationship with her. And so, and and letting them lead the way just like graciously. So I do think like those are just some of the elements Mm -hmm. of sharing power from the developmental relationships framework. If you remember from the other two episodes that we've done so far, there's this idea. So there's share power, which really just is again, treating the other person with respect and giving them a say. And then there's four actions that follow that kind of make that up. And, and with share power, it's respect me, include me, collaborate and let me lead. As I was kind of looking through, you know, just like what, what does this actually look like practically? You know, we invite our guests on there and we, on here and we, we ask them these questions and then Uh when the the script is flipped towards (laughs) us, I'm like, Oh, these are like kind of, these are kind of hard questions. Mm -hmm. So shout out to all the guests that we've had on so far. But when I was looking at them, when I was thinking like, what does it look like to take another person seriously? Or what is it, has it felt like when someone takes me seriously? Mm there's a lot of things that kind of came up for me, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious too d- if you have any thoughts before I share mine. Oh, okay. Or I can share mine too. It's fine. No, when well, we were talking a little bit before about the respect me and I shared, I had one, like, I don't know why this popped into my head, but I just was thinking like when you make assumptions about someone before, mm-hmm. you know, and then you take action based on those assumptions, there's a little bit of disrespect, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking like, when have I felt disrespected? Mm-hmm. And this one story popped into my head of when I was a teacher, it was a new class and I had a parent who came in to volunteer and she was there for just a short amount of time. But then that, I don't know if it was the next day or shortly after she left a voicemail on my phone and like my classroom phone. And it was, she had made an assumption about, I don't remember honestly now what it was, but something that I did or a way that something I said, I don't remember, made an assumption and then was really angry about it. And I remember thinking, you don't even have the full picture, (laughs) you know? And so, and instead of coming to talk to me, she made an assumption. And so I I felt really disrespected in that moment because it wasn't the whole picture. It wasn't the Mm -hmm. truth. And she had just kind of gone down this path that wasn't correct. And so we ended up being able to have a conversation and, and righted things. But I thought, you know, if, if she would have, taken me seriously and treated me fairly, she would have assumed the best in me and come Mm -hmm. and talk to me about it instead of making a, an unfair assumption. So that's what came to mind for me. Like when the times that I have felt disrespected, Mm -hmm. I feel like is when people didn't have the full picture and didn't come to me in a, or vice versa when I, you know, but 
I think there's a posture of humility and curiosity that can lead to like, I respect you enough to assume the best in you. And instead of, you know, and then you're thinking about that person instead of yourself, you kind of go into self-preservation mode when you're disrespecting. Yeah. I, I love that. Like just the analogy. And I think in a lot of these ways, like, and I'm thinking of like the inverse and like, yeah, instead of like, how do we show respect or like, but like thinking through, like, when did I feel disrespected? Cause we all have felt disrespected at some point mm-hmm. in our life or felt like we were treated unfairly. Yeah. I know I have like a bent towards like justice. I'm like, there's a right and there's a wrong. Yeah. So I can get kind of caught up in that sometimes on the, on the probably too far side sometimes. But I also think something that came up for me was thinking about like our differences as humans and I think a sign of respect can also just be acknowledging our differences Mm -hmm. and not just saying like, well, you do things this way and I do things this way. So like, okay, like Mm -hmm. let's move on. Like, or you have this part of your story and I don't have that part of my story or you grew up in, you know, a different socioeconomic class or with you're a different race or gender than me. Right. And so I think like just acknowledging those differences can be a sign of respect too, rather than the kind of like, I don't, I don't, we're all equal and mm-hmm. like, so therefore like, yeah, but you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know if I'm articulating it super mm-hmm. well, but I think what makes us unique in, in celebrating it and honoring it and acknowledging is a sign of respect. Yeah. And when you were talking, it made me think we have a tendency as humans to categorize and to silo mm-hmm. people. And when we're able to kind of take those divisions down and uncategorize, if you will, and see everyone as just like human beings, that's how we are. I think that does a lot for respect, taking people seriously, treating them fairly. And I think there's a lot of paths we could go down talking about how Mm -hmm. we see that play out in ways that are not right. But I think that is part of it. So when it comes to being inclusive, include me. How, how have you seen, or how do you involve others in making decisions that affect them? Yeah, I feel I, even just thinking about leading an organization, Mm -hmm. there's, I think I have a bent towards collaboration anyways, but I think there's so much, um, strength and value in including other perspectives and other people to speak into when Mm -hmm. big decisions are being made because no one person has the right answer all of the time or sees things from the correct perspective all of the time. And there's not even a correct perspective there. There's value in the different opinions and perspectives and skill sets and, you know, the his the history and experiences that other people have, Mm -hmm. there's value in having all of them at the table. And so I see value in sharing power, especially when making decisions and, and, in leading the organization that yeah. we're in. Yeah. One of the aspects of this is especially the, the piece that like involving others in decisions that affect them. Yeah. And I think a lot about the mentors and the mentees in our, in our program. Right. When I think about that, like there's a lot of decisions for the youth that we serve that are being made for them mm-hmm. rather than with them a lot of times. And so in this aspect, I really do think like it's so empowering to young people and especially those who've been affected by systems and trauma and abuse that like when you give them that power to say, okay, here are two options. Here's five options. Here is the option, you know, (laughs) and even like giving them a say and to say like, how do you feel about it? Even if the decision has to be made and they don't like it and they don't maybe necessarily have a say, 
asking them how they feel about it and then mm-hmm. just honoring it and then going back and like respecting, you know, like including, them, including in the conversation. them, yeah, including them in the conversation yeah. to just give them the space, creating the space to reflect and like figure out like, how do I feel about this? And I think, I mean, I think it's really important too that we don't just make decisions for people all the mm-hmm. time, but sometimes like as leaders or, you know, with the youth that we, we serve even like the teams are making decisions for them because yeah. they may, you know, know what's best for them or mm-hmm. have to follow a certain set of rules or protocols, but giving them that say, I think is really important. I think another aspect of this, that, like I was thinking of, I'm curious to hear like your thoughts on this too, but being willing to be wrong, mm-hmm. like in, in this aspect of including, cause I think like sometimes I can have an idea in my head of what might be best for somebody, mm-hmm. especially someone I'm leading, but then realizing when I invite them into that conversation that they may have a different perspective that may force my perspective to change. Yeah. And so there's that again, I think, I mean, you mentioned it with the respecting side of things and a posture of humility, yeah. but just be, being willing to be wrong and acknowledge, like just acknowledging that when, when there is a decision that affects you back, if yeah. that makes sense. Especially if you're in a yeah. place of leadership, yeah. it's really difficult to maybe admit or acknowledge that, man, the way I was thinking maybe isn't right, mm-hmm. but the humility to be able to change and shift that, that's, that's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. yeah. And I think like when we ask people for their opinions mm-hmm. and then we don't <laughs> use them or mm-hmm. we don't respond to them and we say, Oh, we've included them because we asked their thoughts, yeah. but then we just do nothing with them. Like I think one, that's super disrespectful and a waste of time, mm-hmm. but that's not like an actually like inclusive or collaborative posture mm-hmm. yeah that cuts yeah. deep Ooh. yeah there's a I mean lot, I'm, I'm guilty of that, that too yeah. you know and, yeah. and I I mean I really am I think okay so the next one is collaborate I feel like these kind of like go hand in hand yeah. but looking to like when we are what does it look like to work with someone to solve problems and reach goals so together mm-hmm. in a collaborative space like what does that actually look like how have you seen that I, I mean, even just thinking about our mentor-mentee relationships, if there's a goal that the mentee is working on and they invite the mentor in mm-hmm. to help them with it, they're asking for collaboration. Yeah. You know, So that's kind of the reverse of what we were just talking about. Like, say they want to work towards getting, I don't know, a car or mm-hmm. their driver's license, and they invite someone in that is sharing power kind of in the opposite way, but allowing someone to speak into their life and maybe you know, course correcting or giving advice that they hadn't thought of. Mm -hmm. And that's one way to collaborate. But then also thinking about like, you know, if the mentors in our program are trying to solve problems on behalf of their mentee and they're not asking them like, what do you want? What do you think? Then that, then that could be detrimental for them too. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily help them think for themselves down the, down the line. And it also may end up with a choice that, or a decision made that they don't actually want. Right. Yeah. I, I was thinking just again, kind of going back to asking for feedback and then implementing it. I think about, so Amanda, our program coordinator was meeting with one of the mentees that she's worked with for a really long time. And she was ta- talking about our gatherings that we have. We've just historically <laughs> called them mentor mentee gatherings. Very <laughs> Makes creative. You know, we just call it everything exactly what they are. And she, we were, we've been like on this mission to name everything, you know, let's give everything <laughs> a, a cool name, you know, as cool as we can be. And so she was 
talking with this youth and saying like, well, what do you think about this or this? And I don't remember some of the options that Amanda had, had, you know, thrown out there, but the mentee was like, absolutely not to all of them. And she said it probably sassier than that. You know? I was like, going to say not nicer, no. probably was sassier. Yeah. No, like, yeah, she was just like, no, that's lame. <laughs> you know, it's not, not going to be something that I want to go to. And she, and the mentee then said, what about link up? And I mean, I was like, yeah, like, I love it. Let's do it. And so Mm -hmm. now, you know, this whole year we've been naming, you know, we've been calling these gatherings link up and, but it's one of the thing that I think has been really cool about it is when we go to these events and we just had one earlier this um, week and that, that mentee was there and somehow something got said very casually about the name of it, like linking up, like, Oh, that's what we're doing or, you know, and whatever. (laughs) And, and I looked to the girl and I was like, you're all, you know, all the credit for this is for you. And like, just seeing like her smile and like be acknowledged. I think the acknowledging when there's been collaboration and then a decision made on behalf of that person's input, I think that's like so empowering. And, and And I could just see that for her. It's so small, but yeah, really big. Yeah. And I think like, sometimes we think like, Oh, like, you know, especially with youth or something, you know, they have to be the one to plan an entire event or plan, you know, the entire program, but that doesn't necessarily need to be, it could be something as small as like, just name it mm-hmm. and, you know, and then shouting them out and giving yeah. them the credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of, think about kids. There's so many decisions make being made for them at, from yeah. parents and teachers and with our youth case managers yeah. and they're like, so many people are making decisions for them and <clears throat> giving them choice is always yeah. going to be helpful. Yeah. yeah. I think another thing that kind of comes to mind is more in the, in the everyday life. And before, before we started recording, we were kind of just talking about just this. And, you know, when we talk about share power, the word power is in there and which could mean potentially that somebody has advantage or Mm -hmm. power, right? Not necessarily over the other person, but maybe they're further along in a journey or something. And, or just even culturally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, Yeah. So I was thinking like through that collaboration, even just like, what does that look like on a practical level? Like what might collaborating with like somebody that's not in a dynamic of like boss coworker or like employee or mentor, mentee or Mm -hmm. parent child, Mm -hmm. what does collaboration look like with maybe like a friend? Well, you know what I thought of earlier, and this is a really simple thing, but you know, I have friends that I've, will go to coffee and they end up talking the whole time mm-hmm. and asking for advice and you leave just feeling really drained. Like they needed an ear, they needed mm-hmm. some advice, they needed a friend, but it didn't feel mutual in that moment at all. And, and it, so even though we're peers going into that, there was not collaboration. It was very, very one-sided. Yeah. So even just, um, being cognizant of the mutuality in friendships, yeah. like yeah. in the give and take. And I mean, that's very simple. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think it's like important to like think through like what what do each one of these things look like in different types of mm-hmm. contexts and different relationships. Yeah. And uh, the last one is letting me lead. And I think this is the one where pe- we can have like a hard time sometimes mm-hmm. because we want to be in control or maybe I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> I want to be in control. Let me not speak for you. Uh, I want to be in control a lot of times, but um, it's important that we create opportunities for others to take action and lead in I think this comes from like modeling the way, which is, I think what we try to do in our mentorship program. Um, everything that we do from like 
making a mistake to planning and outing, you know, and just the, everything in between the day-to-day life, um, just modeling the way, showing what daily life looks like is a way to kind of set this up, yeah. um, to give space for someone else to lead. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, what, how, how have you seen it play out in, in letting someone else lead? Oh, what just came to mind was <laughs> it was with a mentee or a couple of mentees when we did our job training program mm-hmm. last summer, maybe yeah. we, there's a curriculum that we were going through, but then there were these experiences that we wanted to have. And so we asked the mentees like, what careers are you interested in? Like what exposure would you like to have to what types of, and so one wanted to to meet a photographer. So we met up with a photographer one afternoon and, you know, we walked around the park and she talked about different ways, you know, the light, I'm not, I don't really know (laughs) camera settings and things that I just don't even know. (laughs) But then another one, she, I had never even heard of this. She like was into snake venom. And I was like, what, what, what? anti-venom? She was very, very curious about anti-venom and careers and anti-venom. And I was, I just, like, is there a career? What? <laughs> and so I Googled anti-venom, found this place that was out of state and just emailed them. I was like, we have this mentee. I kind of explained, yeah. could we? And he allowed us to do a virtual tour of the snake venom lab. It was very interesting very that's like when they're like they were like extracting extracting venom venom from snakes like poison yeah yeah they like it was so crazy they have all these snakes and like daily we i don't know on a regular basis i don't know how long it takes to build up the new venom they take these venomous snakes out of their cages and somehow hold them in a way to get them to bite down on this mechanism to extract the venom from the snakes and then they use it to make anti-venom which is a really cool and necessarily thing anyway it was so cool watching this mentee interact with this guy she knew a lot of information about venom um and just seeing her light up talking to him and that was an experience that she talked about and shared about and like we never would have gone down that path Right, right? right but in just being curious and asking like what do you want? Like, tell, take us in a direction yeah. where, where, what are you curious yeah. about? I think that was a powerful experience yeah. for and, her. Mm-hmm. And you created a space for her to, to respond or in all the mentees to respond. But then they did take the leadership to, to even explain. Like, I mean, I know I walked in, I was there that day <laughs> and I got a full education <laughs> that I didn't know I wanted or needed you know maybe I don't need it but I it's fun to have that kind of Mm -hmm. knowledge and but that was an opportunity for that mentee to lead and and feel empowered and and you could have easily just been like no we're going to do things my way Mm -hmm. and this is the curriculum we're going to stick to the Mm -hmm. you know plan but you created a fun atmosphere for that so I think that's really cool I think again I think this goes back to recognition too in I was thinking of another time in the mentorship program where after a gathering, one of the mentees, I think she was being taken, like her ride was one of the staff members. And, but she, so she naturally was hanging back. And a lot of times if that happens, like the mentees will, you know, find a corner, sit in it. And you know, whether it's like if they have a phone, play games on their phone or just, they're not interested in mm-hmm. the, the what's happening. Right. They're just there until they don't have to be there anymore <laughs> sometimes. But this mentee the, on this day like was like, Hey, can I, what can I do to help? And I just thought that was really cool to observe like this mentee choosing to engage in an opportunity just to clean up such a very mundane task, but they were a part of, you know, 
the gathering and, and once everyone was gone, it's, you know, behind the scenes, but that is leadership. And, yeah. but you know, again, our staff, they, they were modeling, uh-huh. Hey, this has to be done. Like we can't yeah. leave the, the cafeteria the way that, you know, uh-huh. it is now. And, and so I just, I thought it was cool. And then again, we got to like recognize her for that and say like, Hey, thanks for doing that. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and so I think giving those opportunities, like we didn't ask her to do it, but like over time she figured out, mm-hmm. Oh, I, this is something that I can do yeah. and I can help. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, those are opportunities for them to lead even in the mundane and behind the scenes tasks. But mm-hmm. a lot of times that is this type of work or I guess anything, any mm-hmm. relationship, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes. So, well, and that's really the cool. goal of mentorship, right? Like the, we model mm-hmm. the way in hopes that they will then model the way for other people oh. and, and replicate that. And yeah. so that, that's a cool story. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. So sharing power. I, yeah. So it's just, again, I think it's entering into relationships, very like humble. And I think I, I, I don't know. I don't remember if we've shared this on the podcast or not, but there's an organization that I think of when I think about sharing power and it's two like co-executive directors. I don't know what their titles are. I can't remember, but they, they share power really well. Mm -hmm. One woman, you know, uses her, um, privilege if you will as a white woman mm-hmm. in the corporate or you know sector to like it, get into rooms with people and the other person who is a woman of color and a survivor mm-hmm. of trafficking like she brings her along but she has spaces where she can enter into because of her experiences that she brings the other person yeah. along in and I think that's like a really beautiful mm-hmm. picture of sharing power and using the power that you do have or the privilege or the advantage that you do have to better other people for yeah. it. Yeah, that's a beautiful picture. So I, this has been really honestly convicting for me and given me a lot to think about too. And I'm, I'm, all, I'm almost glad we didn't have a guest today because it helped me kind of really dig into this topic a little bit more than usual and not just react to what our guest yeah. says. So that was kind of a fun exercise for me, but I'm also excited for next week. We're going to actually hit two yeah. of the developmental relationships with Amanda, who you referenced um, earlier. So come back for that episode as we wrap up this, mm-hmm. this series. And as usual, if you have thoughts or comments, or stories that you want to share. We want to hear from you. So if you're not following us on Instagram, please do that. We uh, post about each episode and we give, you know, space for reactions and are very quick to respond when we get comments or questions on there. So we'd love to hear from you on there, but we look forward to next week. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the Everyday Advocate podcast. We hope you left inspired to make a difference in your community wherever you are today. Be sure to check out our show notes for any resources that we mentioned today. We release a new episode every Friday, so subscribe wherever you're listening from so you don't miss out. Feel free to give us a rating and share your favorite episodes with your friends to help inspire them to be everyday advocates too. We'd also love to hear from you. You can email us at Everyday Advocate at allies-inc.org and follow us on Instagram at the underscore everyday underscore advocate.